What's going on, y'all? This is Looking Ahead to Beto Days, and I'm your host, Chris. Uh, today's episode, we will be discussing LGBTQ plus equality, something I admittedly didn't know a lot about before I did this episode. And as I flipped through Beto's policy plan and I, I went through my discussion with our guest, um, it's uh, it's very enlightening. And a lot of the stuff that I, I would have thought were already done um, more, and I'll get into that a little bit when I get into the to the actual policy plan. But before we get on and move on to anything else, I'm going to go ahead and plug the next episode. Um, our next episode will center solely on the debates. I know I've gone been going into um, a lot of Beto's policy plans, but um, I have had a few requests about the debates. Um, I've talked to one of my uh, one of the former guests, Dan Golden, who's actually going to come back on. Him and I are going to discuss uh, the debates. We're going to discuss also the upcoming debate that's going to be on CNN, and uh, that's we're just going to do this whole episode on that. Gives us a little break from the policy plans. And it also um, gives a little bit of insight from one debate moving into the other. But before we do that, let's go ahead and get into the Beto news. Um, so the debates, I know I mentioned them briefly, and we'll talk about them briefly again. The big, um, the big event or the big thing that happened that people kind of were discussing afterwards pertains to, an, at least from the first night, pertains to an incident that occurred between Julian Castro, who's a, another Texas Democrat, and uh, Beto. Um, basically, Beto was asked a question about his immigration policy. Julian Castro um, doesn't see it the same way Beto does. So instead of, you know, letting Beto put out his, his point, Castro just started talking over him and told him he didn't do his homework, which is super unfortunate because I'm a thousand percent sure there's nobody that has done their homework better than Beto. That's not even being as somebody who's a supporter. That's just watching what the man does in general. He is constantly, constantly pushing immigration. Um, it, it's a, it's a big, big deal. Like I said, we're going to talk about the the debates in a full on episode uh, next week. So I don't want to, I don't want to ruin anything or spoil anything. So we're going to keep that moving on. And and actually, we stay in the same vein of immigration. Um, the day after the first debate, uh, Beto went down to uh, Homestead, Florida, where he went and visited one of the detention camps. Um, there's actually video of him speaking there. He was holding up um, cardboard hearts so the kids could see him. And you could see that he was extremely moved by what was uh, what he was seeing. It's It can't be easy, especially knowing the conditions uh, that are down there. Um, and going on in these camps. And that is why uh, he took his weekend and spent it at detention facilities, again, protesting. He went to Southwest Key Facility in Texas. It's outside of Houston. And then the big one, he went to Clint, Texas. When Beto went to Clint, Texas, he organized as many people as he could to come down and protest the conditions. Um, And he did this after having been to Ciudad Juarez, um, Ciudad Juarez is, is on the other side of the Rio Grande from uh, Rio Grande from um, El Paso, and Beto wanted to talk to the people who were being held in asylum camps that were um, that weren't allowed to come into country because of some some uh, the Trump administration abusing our our asylum laws. Uh, he spoke to a 19 year old girl who her entire family was moved on through and had moved up to Los Angeles. However, she was um, kept there because she was 19 years old and she's been there for three months. I think she was like number 7,000 on the list to be processed. Um, That's the the kind of ridiculous stuff that we're seeing the Trump administration do. And that's the kind of stuff and the kind of homework that Beto O'Rourke is doing. Um, He's going and visiting these places uh, because... He's bringing attention to them. Um, He got uh, Tornillo um, shut down. It's an infamous camp where, again, there was abuses. There were um, children who had passed away there, and he took a group of people down there, and they protested, and they finally finally shut it down. Um, So he's he's done a lot of work on this, and that's going to bring us to our, uh, our, our main topic of the day, and that's LGBTQ plus equality. Now, um... While immigration and LGBTQ plus equality might not seem like it goes hand in hand, he's actually brought them together because he does talk about LGBTQ plus um, asylum seekers and them being treated with dignity just like everybody else trying to seek asylum here. And I I know I I start all of our... uh, 
all of our discussions and talking about his plan off with a quote and um to today will be no different this is him speaking on uh, this is better speaking on the third anniversary of the pulse nightclub shooting when he put out his uh actual um lgbtq plus equality plan and uh, so Beto is quoted as saying, I want to make sure part of the way we commemorate those victims and acknowledge the hatred and the homophobia that still exists in this country is to take decisive action to protect the full rights of every single one of our fellow Americans. Now, as I dug into this, um, because as I'm a straight white male, uh, I, I have to it's sad that I have to do research into what it's like being others, but that's a, that's a thing unfortunately that I, I'm I have to do. Um, I didn't know a lot of this stuff was like actually in our law like um, conversion therapy isn't federally banned, which blows my mind. Um, that seems like such a basic right uh, human right. That, you know, we don't torture people that make them not gay. I, I just, it blew my mind. So I'm going to take us through his actual plan. Um, and again, it is a another three-pronged plan. He just wants, he wants to make sure every American has a right to live life safely, openly, and free from discrimination. Duh. That's how everybody in America wants to and should be able to live their lives. Your rights end when my rights begin. Period. So, number one, he wants to use executive authority to ensure that the LGBTQ plus community is protected and treated equally under the law. Number two, he wants to work with Congress to enact legislation to ensure LGBTQ plus Americans have full equality and opportunity regardless of where they live. And uh, number three, and this one is big, um, I think, um, it's one of the most telling part because, you know, it's it's on a much grander scale. And that is to work with allies to strengthen protections for the LGBTQ plus community globally. I believe there was a young man who was executed in um, Saudi Arabia. I believe he was beheaded because he was gay. Uh, So, you know, we, we need to strengthen here, but we need to bring the world along with us. So I can uh, I can definitely get down with that, for sure. So let's let's take and dig into part one first. Beto wants to reverse the Trump administration's discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community. He wants to overturn Trump's discriminatory, discriminatory I promise I can read, um, transgender troop ban, including all resulting discharges. That is the most mind boggling thing to me and part of this uh, as far as things that have happened in the last few years if you want to fight and die for me because i can't or i'm not willing to i don't care what you do i don't care who you are you are a better person than i am and are a much braver person than i am um that that shouldn't this shouldn't even be a question um he also wants to overturn deployer get out policy uh, which bans the practice uh, excuse me and ban the practice of discharging hiv plus service members he wants to reverse trump's efforts to block access to health care for lgbtq plus people and enforce protections for lgbtq plus individuals under the affordable care act i i can't even begin to tell you i just don't understand why these aren't like this is this even has to be said it's mind blowing invigorating the presidential hiv aids advisory council council reinstating department of education guidance and enforcement and and enforcement efforts designed to protect lgbtq plus students in public schools um i actually work in a school that does a really good job with that i have students who are and want to start an lgbtq plus um club next year and from the sounds of it the school's uh backing it pretty good so um while i can't attest to that I'm like a thousand percent sure that's probably huge problems in certain parts of America. Um, he wants to enforce. Uh, he wants to begin enforcing the equal access rule. Um, he wants to reverse Trump's efforts to allow federally funded adoption and foster care agencies to reject same-sex families, which again is mind-blowing to me. Like if you want to raise a kid and you want to take that upon yourself as a father who's raising a nine-month-old. My nine-month-old is um, nine months old today. Um, more power to you. And honestly, these kids just want to be loved. If you're going to love that child, that's all that should matter. That should be the only question on the adoption um, uh, worksheet or, or application is, are you going to love this child? It shouldn't matter uh, who you um, love and who are going to raise that child. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. 
He wants to reverse the administration's attempt to expand religious exemptions in order to enable discrimination or harm others. People hide behind religion. This country has weaponized religion in an absolutely egregious way, and it it is trying to take people out of our democracy, and that is not okay. Um, He also wants to, and this is this is also really really pertinent right now because we had seven transgender women, um, seven African American transgender women murdered in the last month two of which were in texas um he wants to protect transgender individuals in particular transgender women of color uh from violence he's going to direct the u.s department of justice to investigate the crimes against transgender people he's going to ensure law enforcement agencies receive training related to implicit bias use of force and accurately reporting the gender of victims he wants to reinstate the bureau of prisons transgender offender manual to uh, ensure safe housing for transgender people in BOP custody. And he wants to address the violence directed at transgender women of color in, in general. Um, and we actually get into that a little bit with our guests, so I'm, I'm going to leave that to the later discussion. He, he wants to include LGBTQ plus individuals fleeing persecution as a vulnerable population for purposes of, of immigration enforcement. Like I said, there was a young man who was just murdered in Saudi Arabia. If you're being persecuted for your your for who you are, um, you should be able to come here to seek asylum. Period. Um, that's just it. They that's common sense. Um, he wants to affirm that same-sex couples with one U.S. citizenship partner and one non-citizen partner are entitled to the same benefits of marriage regarding paths to residency and citizenship. And again, I mentioned this early. He wants to protect, protect LGBTQ plus youth from conversion therapy. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, the um, certain people, um, <clears throat> Mike Pence, um, think that conversion therapy is a way to fix people. And you can't see my air quotes, but fix people who are gay. Um, it's, I mean, they've used shock therapy. They've tried to, they put them in camps. It's all sorts of stuff. It is absolutely disgusting, disgusting stuff. And I cannot believe it is not banned federally. It just is mind blowing. Um, he wants to prioritize the research necessary to modernize the outdated blood donation requirements, including the current one year ban or bar for gay and bisexual donors. And he wants to create an interagency task force on LGBTQ plus non-discrimination. Um, he also wants to ensure LGBTQ plus Americans are included in federal data collection efforts. He wants to, and this is going to take us into part two, he wants to pass the Equality Act, which again, mind-blowing, it's 2019, how, is, how are these things not done? Uh, he wants to ensure that LGBTQ plus people have equal access to health insurance and health care. I've already mentioned that, and uh, I just, I can't with, with all of this. Um, he wants to reform our criminal justice system. He wants to embrace the recommendations of the president's task force on 21st century policing. He wants to end the deprivation of health care and HIV treatment in prison. Prison. He wants to reform the Prison Rape Act to prevent abuses in prisons. He also wants to enact that Every Child Deserves a Family Act, a bill barring discrimination against LGBTQ plus youth and taxpayer-funded foster care and adoption programs. And then there's part three, and I know I've touched on this a couple of times thus far, but this is uh, this is to help protect the LGBTQ plus community across the globe. It's going to improve the process of LGBTQ plus refugees and asylum seekers. Um, it'll work with allies to secure, secure a global treaty through the International Law Commission, invest in the Global Equity Fund, and establish a special envoy for the human rights of LGBTQ plus people. We have members of the LGBTQ plus community all over the world who are being persecuted against and murdered, abused, attacked, sexually assaulted, and... Instead of being a leader in this, the United States has really gone backwards. I mean, we're, we're, we're supposed to be the greatest country in the world, but we're not protecting all of our own citizens. And if, if we do such things, the rest of the world will follow. We just have to be um, a leader in that aspect. And the U.S. can be a leader in all of that as long as we have a good leader not somebody who is out for their own personal gain, um, who hobnobs with dictators and, you know, calls the press the enemy of the people. We need we need we need real leadership in America and and not a um, faux dictator. Um, but that is going to 
carry us on into the next segment of the show. So uh, this is where we will pick up with our guest. Today's discussion will focus on LGBTQ plus rights. And uh, first and foremost, I'd like to introduce my guest, Laron Dawkins. Hi, I'm Laron Dawkins. Uh, I'm, I currently uh, live in the Hampton Roads area, Newport News, Virginia, to be specific. Uh, I work for an uh, IT company called Fusion PC, and uh, I am a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Fantastic. And uh, um, moreover, uh, I, me and, me and Laron go way, way back, um, and I specifically chose him to, um, to talk about this topic, uh, or at least come on as my guest, not because he's a necessarily a member of the LGBTQ plus community, but because me and him have a close relationship. He's actually um, more close to um, family than he is anything else. Um, but uh, and going going back um, early on in our, our relationship, he he didn't come right out to me, and obviously that is you know it's it, people in their own time. But there's actually a little bit of reasoning behind that. So Laron. After we'd been friends, I think we'd been friends like a year and a half. You you finally came out as a as a bisexual man. Um, right. What 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 kind of took you so long? Uh, honestly, for me, you are you hit the nail on the head when you said it's a personal thing. Uh, f- uh, for a long time, uh, I had personal reservations of just just opening up uh, for my sexuality for basically anybody. Um, and uh, and when we, because you and I, we first met, we started working together. And I'm not going to name the institution we worked at, but we we worked there for a while. And then uh, and then promotions and stuff happened, and I became your boss. And and uh, mainly, like I said, I don't typically like disclose myself towards towards everybody. It's just one of those things. Even though technically I feel like I'm an open book, but the major reason why is because like te- when you tell people something like about your sexuality and stuff like that unless you have a really good read on them you're not always going to know how they're going to react and stuff like that and uh, and back in your day Chris you were kind of a bro so you know all things considered you know sometimes you just don't know how people how people take news of certain things and also I'm one of those people I kind of conduct myself professionally so it wasn't a situation where like it would ever, ever be something where like a a bad situation happens or I wind up getting into a compromising situation with myself, with you, and things like that. So it took a while, and um, I want to say, wait, when did I finally? Do you remember when I finally told you? I mean, well, like we became friends in two thousand eight. You told me before two thousand ten, and like I, I get a lot of the reservations too. Um, what I don't talk about a lot on this podcast is my is my upbringing. I uh, I grew up in an all white conservative town. Um, where everybody had their opinions and they were hammered in and i have always been the black sheep of that town i mean i'm the black sheep of my family um you are who you are and i don't care who you are what you believe who you love uh, i i love people for being people but you know at first glance the town i was from and Laurent having known that, yeah, you know, it'd be real hard to come out to 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 somebody because you just it's it's a stigma, and it's a, it's a stereotype. Yeah, and you and you're definitely right because I did know that you uh, that you had some really churchy folks. <laughs> some, yeah, some really churchy folks. Um, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and I I can I remember when you when you first came out to me when we were we were in the back room in the uh, in in the oh god do I, do I the, just why the, just say it like that in the back room. The, in, <laughs> For the company that we worked for, and you know, I I already knew, and you told me, and I was like, yeah, okay. Wait, how'd but, you know? I, I, I'm curious now. Full, how'd you know? Full disclosure, Zodi had told me before we ever ever knew that, but I also kind oh, of like you, I, I I I mean, I know you as a person, dude. We spent so much time together, like I, I it, it never it, it bothered kinda, me. It kind of it kind of it kind of fell fell on you, basically. Yeah, for somebody who who's outside of the community, it's it's not my place to go up and ask. It, mm-hmm. it was me waiting for you to be comfortable with who I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, with our friendship to tell me. Um, and when you told me, I just remember being like, "Yeah, okay." It does. I mean, did you think we weren't going to be friends anymore? Because that's not what's going to happen. Actually, that's a that's a possibility, and that's what a lot of people face in this day and age. Especially if you look at our our young our younger population, and I'm talking like young kids, um, like you know, as as old as like 11 and 12 years old and stuff like that. They they always feel like there's a possibility of alienation, and they feel like that because there is a history of being alienated from your friends, from your family, from your community, things like that, and and. And uh, it's funny that you that 
I finally know now that somebody outed me to you because that's typically how it happens to me a lot. Like, um, uh, I have a I have a big circle of friends. Well, I have different circles of friends, like various circles of friends and stuff like that. And so, and all those circles will intermingle with other circles uh, out there and things like that. And eventually, word gets back around. Like, you know, it's it usually like spills out in conversation. It's not even like it's not even like this big scandal. It's more like it's more like yeah, yeah, it's so and so, and then Laron this, and it's like wait, Laron what? he's who <laughs> yeah see but like for me it's always been like i've always loved you for who you are right and that's the end and it it means a lot to me that you are so proud with who you are too um and to the point like we were talking about kids and sometimes it's hard um and they don't really know how to how to gauge it well um and i i did see a little bit of that this year as a teacher i see i teach sixth grade um and i've seen both sides of it and i have a lot of students who are so super proud like I had a lot of kids who were really into pride month and I had a student who came to me and said hey uh, we're starting the LGBTQ plus club next year and I my first uh, comment was well who's your sponsor and she's like well I was thinking of somebody but um, I was gonna ask you as well I said done I'll do it right away let's let's go we can we can work on this together let's you, let's get this done you know what? it's that's that's amazing actually because um I was I'll, so I'll proud put, of that kid I'll I, like this. I was I, super proud of her yeah, I I am too. Just hearing that story, uh, I'll put it like this: I was born in. I, I'm about to I'm about to give away my age. I was born in 1975, and um and in case my name didn't didn't give you guys an indicator, I'm black. So in the black community, like there's already like this 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 underlying tension about about gay, bisexual, queer people, and and and, and particularly trans people and stuff like that. So. And my parents also have a very conservative, well, not, well, actually, yeah, they, uh, my parents were very conservative when I was growing up. And when I say conservative, I mean, like, they were also Republicans and stuff like that, but they were also, like, God-fearing people in the church and all that stuff. So, do the math. You know, um, growing up, gro- a product of the 70s, grew up in the 80s, though, because I, I consider myself, I consider myself, uh, you know, an 80s kid. Uh, because I spent my time, you know, like nurturing in, in the eighties, but um, but yeah, but looking at looking at how how things were back then, you know, like you didn't just you didn't just come out like as gay or bisexual or whatever unless you knew what you were doing and stuff like that because because people talked, people had reactions, people did things, and um, and being a black being being the only black son in a family where. You know, it gets beaten your head. You know, like, oh, you gotta be the man, and you gotta have kids, and all this stuff, and and all this stuff, and things like that. I didn't know right away that I that I was bisexual. As a matter of fact, I I by the time by the time I got to write about like late middle school, right in the high school, I started realizing there's something not quite right about the way I feel about about women. I, I would disagree. I would disagree with that. With that, there's definitely nothing wrong with the way that that you feel i understand where you were coming from at the time but i, I want you to know i'm sorry I, well, no, no. I had i had to speak up for that one as a teacher i don't ever want you to think that something and as a human being i don't want you to ever think there's anything wrong oh, oh oh i oh i understand i i understand it's, it's more like it's more like when it's more like when you're doing a checklist a mental checklist of things that you're doing things that you're going to become and stuff like that that's what i meant by when i said like something just didn't feel right or or, or felt off you know that's what i meant because okay. uh, because um, I don't, I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever want people to believe that you know your sexuality is like some type of disease or some type of mental illness or things like that. You are who you are, and let's be let's be honest. Like, if you're not if you're not actually living up to who you are, you're you're basically harming yourself at a level that's going to really that's going to really affect you to the point where you won't be able to have interactions with people. I, I agree with that. I think that you do a disservice to yourself by um, not, you know, living your truth and being who you are. And um, this is this is very interesting because um, we, you know, you're you LG with my kids now. Like I said, my students um, seventh. I had a seventh grader who was very reserved with uh, sexuality, but the sixth graders this year were very, very open. And it's been a really, really, um, long road to, uh, to hoe for the, for the LGBTQ plus community. And I learned something this week that I, I didn't know. Um, this is the 50th anniversary of, uh, of the Stonewall Inn, uh, in the Stonewall riots. I had no idea what it, what that was. And it's fi- kind of funny, um, how I figured out I'm a huge Yankees fan. 
Um, and the New York Yankees actually put a memorial up in Monument Park That's to right. the Stonewall I, riots. I remember, I remember seeing that on social media. They did that, and I was like, "Wow!" And and you know, it's just another, it's just another way of like showing inclusion. I also saw some of the backlash, you know, because there are people out there who, you know, everybody has their opinions, but some people just aren't educated enough to understand why, like, an institution like the Yankees would do something like that. Uh, no, the Yankees are are awesome about stuff like that. They're super inclusive, and even on the uh, on the airwaves, they said they want Yankee Stadium to be a place that everybody uh, can come. But uh, specifically speaking with Stonewall, and just to give you guys a little bit of um, of some background, back in New York, they used to run. Um, raids on on gay clubs I, like i said i did all this mm-hmm. research afterwards because i was like oh man this is this is fantastic yeah um they used to run raids on gay clubs you couldn't hold hands couldn't hug so these 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 clubs were kind of like um places that people could go and really be themselves um but the stonewall inn was a little bit different because they allowed dancing so on the night of like june 27th and 28th um the police came in and they they raided this building they had plants in there the lights flicked off the lights flicked on well, what happens is you have people who you've got them raiding people on the inside, and then they're they're collecting and uh, uh, arresting people. And uh, as this is happening, there's people ga- a crowd of people gathering outside, and that crowd grew before they could get the uh, the the trucks to take the the people who'd been arrested away, and so they. Uh, that kind of grew and they were pushing back and there was this lady um there's a, a girl who was saying why aren't you guys doing anything as the police are um i can hear you clicking oh sorry you're all right i thought i had i thought i had that muted <laughs> no you're good you're good i'm sorry um i'm, I'm totally leaving that in by the way <laughs> um just so you know because it's funny stop clicking <laughs> anyways um so what happens is this, uh, that she says, why aren't you guys doing anything? And the crowd just starts pushing back and it ends up being this kind of violent riot. But that moment is, is where the, the modern day LGBTQ, um, um, movement came from. And I didn't know that, I, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a straight man who has lived in a in conservative uh, community is almost entire life until I, I, I got out of it. Um, I, I don't, I don't, didn't know those kind of things. It's fascinating. There's still so much room for me to learn as a person. I try to eat up and soak in as much as I can. Um, so I had, I definitely had to plug that and how big that is. Um, go Yankees, um, on multiple <laughs> levels here, but, uh, I'm, let's, let's get into a little bit of a line of questioning. Um, right. so as a, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, uh, what is it, what, what's important that a candidate does, um, for you seeing that equality isn't something that exists a hundred percent right now? Honestly, I'm going to say <clears throat> the biggest thing is actual, actual equality, but there's so many different facets about the equality aspect of it because, I mean, you know, marriage equality, that was, that was one of the biggest first steps that we had as far as, like, anything sweeping that, that the United States government has done. Uh, but we also need to be able to, uh, to ensure that we're protecting people's ability to seek employment, you know, regardless of, you know, their, sex, their sexual orientation. We also need to be able to – we also need to be able to make sure that <clears> – <throat> that along with the the opportunities for employment that we're also getting equal pay um we also need to make sure that we're having proper access to to decent health care because i don't want to make it sound like the lgbtq community you know has like special needs when it comes to it but there is a section of the community that kind of has special needs and we have to take that into consideration and that's the trans community mm-hmm. they need they need proper access to things like that and um i remember i remember back the whole Chelsea Manning thing um hearing how like she had a hard time like getting you know well first of all she was a she was convicted you know by the by the uh, by the military courts but she had a hard time because she was in the middle of transitioning she had a hard time like you know keeping up with her transitional medications and things like that and her therapies and things because the way our system is right now uh <clears throat> That's actually something that uh, Beto covers in his plan is making sure that 
um, transgender people are maintain their rights if they, uh, as far as like who they are, um, in in uh, when they if they go into the penal system, that there's no extra prejudice against them. And um, yes, you know, tr- the the transgender movement has really come into the forefront recently, um, but more so recently. And I I love that you mentioned uh, you mentioned this, um, but there's been two murders of transgender women of color. Uh, in Texas, in the last like two weeks, um, yeah, that's that's just mind blowing to me, and I'm I'm glad that you you pointed that out. Um, like, why why is that? Why why would it be that transgender women of color that are getting targeted so hard? Okay, well, <clears throat> here's a couple here's a couple of things. Uh, I I already I already mentioned about like the like the I'm just gonna say it homophobia inside the black community now a lot of times and it, it, we'll be honest with you we, when we look at statistics as far as crime and stuff usually 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 a crime is per- perpetrated on somebody that looks like you and when i say somebody looks like you like it's 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 you know oh a white person you know versus another white person a black person versus another black person usually usually it's people that look like you i'm not you know trans women a little different but you you get the point mm-hmm. um so but the main thing about it is, and there's so many, I don't want to say stigmas, but it kind of feels like that because the first thing a lot of people think is like, okay, if we, if we want to lump it into like the, the alternative lifestyle of, uh, of sexual orientation, people already think that, you know, someone who's not straight is other, is different, is, you know, not the same as them. That com- that comes a lot in our language too. I'm going to go back to being um, to teacher mode, um, or at least something I've learned from being a teacher is I have a lot of little boys who go, "Oh man, that's so gay. You're gay," or all that. Like they they throw it around like a slur, and I a lot of times I'll walk I'll I'll pull them out because I that's one of the, the that is a banned word if it is being used in a negative connotation in my room and i'll step them out in the hallway and i'll tell them listen words are bombs when you use them they don't just hit the person you're targeting they hit everybody around you and what if we have a student in our classroom who is you know struggling with coming out or is being prejudiced against at home or what if your friend um is actually gay do you want your friend to be who they are in front of you or do you want them to hide that and they almost always say well i want them to be who they are and they always walk away with you know a, a different perspective See, so that's, that's that stigma comes from um various different places and prejudices i i believe that's what i that's what i love and what i try to champion as far as as far as uh, as far as kids and, and young and young people is the is the fact how like they they just they're just able to embrace things and go with it because their their mind isn't clouded by a whole bunch of like you know outside like opinions and you know and, they get it yeah yeah um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so like black trans women, actually trans, trans women of color, like have it rough. Uh, I want to say, I think I read something either yesterday or earlier today, like as far as reported has been so far seven, seven deaths. Jeez. I didn't know that. I knew about the two. They were very widely, uh, covered. Now, one of the, now one of the major things about like why trans women of color typically get attacked and or killed and most of the time is honestly a lot of people there's a human reaction to, to things and sometimes when you're taken by surprise by something uh, it could it could flip a switch that you didn't even know was there inside your brain and you and you have a reaction that's just a little too violent for society well violence is not, you know there's no standard in society for violence but you know what I'm saying when I say like a reaction that's too violent for society standards mm-hmm. and and that's and that's one of them. Um, a, a lot of times, you know, sometimes people aren't in their right minds, but then there are other people who are like they are they're going out and looking to visibly find these people and hurt them. And so there's a lot of different things, uh, but particularly in the black community, it's the black community is getting a little bit better as far as embracing it. I mean, you know, we've we you know we've got parents now who are coming to grips that their kids are this way, and and. Parents are starting. Parents are starting to understand that you know it was nothing that they as parents did to have their kids come this way, as well as there was no outside interference for why their kids may have all of a sudden woke up one day and was not straight. Like chances are, they were always not straight, and people didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. 
right. Uh, that that actually bring kind of brings us to our our next topic because you know. Oh, we, can I can I can I jump on one more thing because this is the other hey. this this is the other thing that that go I feel it. like is go major. For it, go for it. Um, I talked about I talked about uh I talked about marriage equality. I talked about job equality. I talked about you know protecting protecting our trans people. And when I say our trans people, I don't mean just the women. I also mean the men because there are some there are some there are some people transitioning to become trans men, and they're still looked at differently because they're not at that level to where it's like oh I, you know that's a man you know things like that uh but the other one i want to talk about definitely for sure uh is the ability for lgbtq uh families to adopt i have that on my list and oh you I, do let yes i do and okay, let then. me tell you we will go right into that let me tell you what if you want to adopt a child and you are going to love that child, a child who's been in foster care, or I, I don't want to say necessarily un, un, unwanted because that's not necessarily true. But if you are willing to adopt a child and you are going to love that child, it shouldn't matter who the fuck you love. 100%. I am all about kids. Um, I teach my kids in my life. I have a nine-month-old. Um, if something happened to us and, and Laurent was the only person that could raise him, Laurent would raise him a hundred percent. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice. I trust him that much, uh, um, but you have, thanks you, for, thanks for putting that on me. Now I gotta, now I gotta get ready. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like four or five on the list. Don't even worry about it. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, but you know, you have so many people who are giving, given the op opportunity to adopt children who adopt them into abusive situations who don't treat them equally to their own kids make sure that they know that they're different and that's so unfortunate to me if you have somebody who is going to adopt a child and love them it does not matter who they themselves love because they're going to show that child love and that at the end of the day is the most important thing that is that a is child doesn't care they just want to be felt um, loved. And like I said, I feel very, very passionately about this, and I do not think you should be prejudiced against it. The prejudice that comes towards um, um, people who are um, who uh, members of the LGBTQ plus community who are adopting, it's... the prejudice on them is, is completely religiously based. It's not based in science. It's not based in fact. It's complete and total bullshit. And now you may go, it, I'm sorry for talking. Over no, 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 that's okay. A lot of it is insane too, because, because, because one of the major things I hear, one of the major things I hear is, um, is, um, is they're going to do something to that child. And when I say something, I mean something sexually, you know, like it's absurd. Exactly. Uh, it's already been proven. It's already been proven. Like the like the pedophiles and stuff. They're always they're always people who are heterosexual. I mean, when I say always, I mean the vast majority. I'm, the vast I'm majority. They 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 try to. I mean, obviously, they try to cover it up and they have they they react in a, a specific way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh. But and and it's even more alarming that like the the pedophiles who do something you know against children of the same gender swear up and down that they're that, that they're heterosexual it, it it's it's mind-boggling but other things you know like i mean it's it's insane you know like they talk about bestiality you know as far as like gay couples you know I, having kids I, which i don't know where they get that from i have i have no idea either um you know it's just it's just appalling like the amount of stuff that will get said about a queer couple who wanted to adopt a child. And then, to make it even further, sometimes, you know, okay, so sometimes if a queer couple doesn't want to adopt, but, you know, like, one fathers or mothers a child and bring them into that relationship, then we've got situations where, where like, where, like, state and local courts try to take the child away from them. It's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, like... To be completely honest with you, as I read through Beto's plan, I'm reading through it and I'm going, I can't believe this is stuff we have to talk about right now. Like, why isn't this, this should be, this is common sense. Like, I don't, and again, I, I am a straight 
white man. I am 100% the majority. Um, And, you know, I just, it blows my mind that these things are things we're talking about. Um, And like specifically, and the one of the topic I was trying to get to earlier was, was conversion therapy. Like it's not federally banned. I mean, how, how are we letting this happen to our children? I will tell, I will tell you the number one reason why it's Mike Pence. It's money. It's money. Uh, okay, we most of these conversion most of these conversion programs are done, you know, on a um, on a religious on a religious level, and because of the fact that you know the churches are the churches are tax exempt on things like that, but that do, but that doesn't mean that the churches being tax exempt, you know, that they don't claim charities, you know, things like that. So you have these wealthy these affluent people in in you know in our communities and stuff that their their child doesn't amount to what they thought they wanted it to be you know and so yeah they'll turn them over to a church or a camp program that's that's religiously run and stuff like that and I'm, and don't get me wrong I'm not trying to bash religion uh, as I say this but I, I mean th- there are very religious people out there who are are, are very good people um, but there are also those that use religion as a they weaponize a it. Card. they weaponize they it hundred percent yeah. and on any so it, it, they use it when it it helps them. Oh yeah, and and and, and so, so yeah, stuff like that. So basically, these programs, you know, the Fed, the federal government hasn't looked into it enough because there isn't enough of a of a of a out of an outcry about it yet. Not saying that there is none. There's just it's just not big enough, and it hasn't gotten to the point where it's rampant. I mean, we get people who who harm themselves, who commit suicide because they lived this life, you know, went through went through one of these programs, came out, and it's almost like 12-step, you know, pretty much, you know, like the moment you fall off the wagon, you know, they, they're in a moral crisis and they don't know what to do with themselves and they harm themselves or they wind up harming others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one of the things that, that we need somebody on a federal level to look at it. That and that's part of again that's part of Beto's plan like a federal ban on conversion therapy that's one hundred percent should be a thing like how that is not already a thing like you're it's abuse it's child abuse well like it's, the, it's the, telling a child that there is something wrong with them for something like that is child abuse I'm Plain glad simple I'm glad you said I'm glad you brought the whole child abuse thing because there's a lot of child abuse going on right now in this, in, in this country and it's not just being perpetrated against you know like LGBT youth. <laughs> it's I, I not, agree. but when, but that's probably a topic when you for indo- another. When, yeah, when you indoctrinate children to be be racist and you you spread hate uh, to that child, that that it, it, to me amounts to to child abuse. Yeah. There's there's no children aren't taught to hate. That's yeah. excuse me, not children aren't children born aren't hating. Born they're hating taught to hate. Um, but yeah, um, that's part of Beto's plan is a, is a federal ban on it, which is just common sense. Anyways, like I said, all of the stuff that I read through here is like I, I blew my mind that we're not we don't already have it. You know, uh, we're we're competing with this chan- transgender troop ban, and let me let me speak on that as as well. And you can, um, as a veteran, you can you can touch on that. Um, yeah, as, as well. Yeah, I served six years in the United States Navy. Um, yes, sir. And, Thank and you for I, your service. Uh, and um. You know, I always have a hard time accepting that. Uh, I grew, I grew up as an army brat. Uh, my dad was a career soldier, and um, and growing up, I knew I was going to join the military. I knew I wanted to be a soldier, just like my dad and stuff like that. But by a twist of fate, I wound up in the navy. Which you know, all I can say is like, if it wasn't for the navy, you probably would have never met me, Chris. Because <laughs> if I had joined any other branch, like the air force and the army, like I probably would have stayed in and had a full career, and probably never would have saw like Hampton Roads, Virginia. <laughs> But anyway, but anyway, um, you'd ended up in Norfolk at some time. Let's at some point. Let's be serious. You think so? <laughs> oh yeah, it's the biggest naval base on the East Coast. Well, I mean, uh, that's if I that's if I had that's if I had. Well, I joined the Navy. So, but if I hadn't joined the Navy, you know, ch- chances are I've been somewhere else, like probably on the West Coast. Um, but anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, we were talking about uh, the transgender troop ban, and um, basically all I had to say about is that uh, is. Uh, I don't have what it takes to go fight a war. If you have what it takes and you want to defend my rights, then I'm going to stand up and defend your right to choose to do whatever you want to do with your body, with who you are, and, and be who you want to be. Uh, it's just that's just it's common sense. Yeah, I was in the um, I served in the military during during the heyday of don't ask, don't tell. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I joined. I joined. And that's and, another um, thing they ended, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, here's. <laughs> 
the United States well the United States military is one of the biggest I'm fraternal organizations in the world um and and the fact that you know the the macho grandstanding of the military kind of you know like eliminates the the idea of people looked at homosexuality as being weak and stuff like that and you couldn't be weak in Uncle Sam's like armed forces and stuff like that so that so that thing ran rampant for a long time and even though there are a lot of accepting people even before Don't Ask Don't Tell happened you know there's just some people that just couldn't get it right you know that couldn't realize that you know this guy has my this guy will have my back at some point he'll probably pull me out of a fire he'll probably pull me out of a, out of a zone he'll probably be the one stuffing 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 cotton inside my body to make sure I don't bleed to death before they get me to a medic and stuff like that some people just didn't get that though so there had to be something about that and also don't ask don't tell was coming on coming on the uh, coming right on the heels of the AIDS epidemic mm-hmm. uh, and you know like it just absolutely ravaged the, uh, the gay community I yes. Mean. It, it it wasn't. I mean, the I think the first um, major person to die from from AIDS was was Rock Hudson, but specifically mm-hmm. um, Freddie Mercury, which really brought that to the forefront. You know, it, it didn't mainstream people. I don't, I don't mean uh, mainstream isn't a, a derogatory a derogatory term, but it would be mainstream in the eighties. You know, it just didn't. And they didn't care. Was yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, but uh, I'm sure they cared to... after Arthur Ashe, though. Uh, Arthur Ashe was a uh, tennis player who was oh, yeah. straight and had a botched uh, blood transfusion. Oh, I remember. He, as a matter he contracted fa- AIDS. As a matter of fact, that's how I remember. Like the world finally started taking note about about the about the whole AIDS epidemic and HIV and stuff like that. It was after like straight people started like you know like coming down with the the affliction mm-hmm. and and losing their lives about it. That's when all of a sudden like they want to, they want to you know take note and pay attention yeah. to it. Go uh, go watch Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, wow. I watched Alice Byers. Amazing Club. movie, by the way. Amazing yeah, movie. Great movie. Um, but yeah, uh, but going back to the transgender troop ban, it's you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, people are willing to lay down their lives for their country, put the, everything on the line for their country. Some of them have already made the ultimate sacrifice. And it is insane that we have an administration right now that's like, oh, you can't serve. Oh, oh, you, you can't do this. You know? And it's like, wow. Like, their for, arguments are so garbage too. As it, as it's not a, even they have a good argument. It's just hateful. As a former serviceman, yeah, there are people in the ranks that may be distracted. It's not enough of a distraction to to break to break ranks and you know kill morale of of a unit. Typically, the way if you look at how our if you look at how our how our military is structured right now, we've had generals, we've had admirals coming on saying, "Hey, we don't support this." We don't support this, and when we do find problems within the ranks where somebody is being treated unfair because of their gender or their sexuality, uh, the typically the command and the ranks come down on on those individuals hard. And I'm talking about the individuals who have the problem, not the individuals who are just being a serviceman and living their lives and trying to do things and make the world a better place, a better and safer place. Um, so yeah, so. I can tell you right now, like this transgender troop ban, it's just another way that the, that the uh, that the conservative, the GOP, and the conservative parties are just throwing red meat at, at a fearful base and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the main reason why a lot of these people are fearful goes goes right back to education. Exactly. And I'm not and I'm not saying and I'm not saying people are stupid or illiterate or anything like that. When I say education, they just don't pay attention. There's a difference between being stupid and um and and intentionally ignorant. Yeah. Yeah, because I've always looked at stupidity as like you're just unable to learn. No matter how many times the lesson is taught, you're just unable to learn. Uh, and but being uneducated means you're you're unwilling to pay attention to what you're seeing or or understanding what's happening. Well, understanding that that bad terminology right there. But basically, throwing red meat at the base. You know, there's there's always some person who's always. It's funny. It's funny how they always say that the Democrats. You know, are 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 triggered when we look when we, when we look if we if we just say universal health care, freaking the red party goes nuts <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, I've been looking over I've been looking over a lot of uh Beto's uh Beto's uh takes on a lot of the LGBTQ equality stuff, and it's some, it's it's some really good stuff, and it's a good it's a if it 
if it's not a good start, it's a damn good start. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he he, and that's a big thing with him is he's not just like oh this is what polls are telling me this is what you know I'm seeing on TV. No, he's going out there and he is speaking to people. Um, like I said, I just saw before I hopped on here like a, a month ago um, or this month, excuse me. He went and visited Stonewall. Like mm-hmm. I don't think anybody else has. He gets out and he sees he meets the people where they they are. And uh, I'm actually I'm going to use use this to to kind of trans transition a bit um to the debates because i told you we would talk about them because you 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 asked (laughs) and uh so so with 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 the debates who do you think had the best night of both nights we're going to talk about both 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 nights. nights okay so night one uh i will say i will say oh i mean all together Oh, all together of all of the candidates. I haven't had a chance. Had... To get, I haven't had a chance to get my scorecard together for all twenty candidates that were up there. I can tell you. I can tell you who had some bad nights, though. <laughs> Actually, as a matter of fact, let me let me see. Let me let me let me let me pull up the uh, let me pull up the the actual list of the candidates, and I can tell you who had who had who did who had great nights and who did phenomenal jobs oh no you you, you got to pull this out of your hat who who do you think had the best night off the top of your head who's the first person that comes to your head senator kamala harris okay i can agree with that all right and uh, who do you who do you think faltered who do i think faltered mm-hmm. uh let's see well for sure marianne williamson faltered all right <laughs> i think cra- we can i think we can all burned. agree that marianne williamson is on a different planet and if for the, I I went to go to bed last night, and I rolled over and I looked at Hannah, who's my wife, and I said, "I need to go to sleep, but I can't stop reading these tweets about Marianne Williamson because they're hilarious, dude." I some uh, I I my one of my favorite ones was uh, Pete Buttigieg went to uh, shake Marianne Williamson's hand, but she was already gone. But on her uh, podium was or lectern was a small origami crane. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh, when she man. started when she started talking about in her in the final in the final comments when she started talking about the power of love is going to be GOP the uh, I I was there thinking you know that you know that you remember the Care Bears? Yes. You remember the Care Bears oh, stare? God. Yeah. <laughs> that was all like that was the first thing that popped in my head. Like she's, I, she's <laughs> the perfect example of what eating an edible and digesting an edible through a debate looks like. True. I just and you know what she's uh, She's gonna be in the second debate too, so somebody's obviously yeah, yeah, donating. And I don't want to mean I don't mean to, dis- to disparage her at at all um, through this. It's just really funny, um, and I think it's 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 funny to uh, to that that you picked her. Um, I honestly, if I you, mean, if you had she to ask, was she was the she was the bona fide weakest link. She she was. There's there's no there's no way to say it. Now let me see. I'm trying because I'm trying to pull up the list of the uh, of the candidates, but because she stuck she stuck out in my mind as. Read her I, Wikipedia page too. I, I had the. Do, it's so funny. Do I need to? Yeah, please. Not right <laughs> now. Do it. Don't do it now. But do it later. Um, I. If you want my opinion, I. As much as I love Beto, um, I think Kamala Harris. The the second night came out and um. And she she made some really good points and what her her discussion exchange with uh, with Joe Biden. Um, yeah, Vice and President he, Biden. I mean, he he wouldn't even look at her and you know. He he, list, he lost a little bit of credibility there. Um, she, she kidney punched. She kidney punched him when she talked about when she talked about the racial equality portion. When she mm-hmm. and when she said that she was one of the little black girls on the bus that were being segregated. Yep. She nope. got. I mean, you know, here's here's what I know for sure. You want it if you want it. Jugular. Yeah. If you want to get if you want to get your politicians to sit down to to sit down or sit up and pay attention to you, you talk about something. That is an issue for them, but you make sure that you have personal stake in it because exactly. because and here's what separates here's what separates a that, lot and of that's people. why Beto's so good is he he has personal stake and uses those personal stories. You, you know, know what I, I I do agree with that I I do I do like that it seems like I will say this Beto is very dialed in to a to a lot of things that are going on this in the, in this country uh, it really it really upset me that he did not oust. Ted Cruz. It really upset me, but then he again, was so close. But then again, it's because I am not a Ted. I have never been a Ted Cruz fan, and I am from Texas. Ted I grew, Cruz I grew is up, not a Ted Cruz fan. I grew up in Texas and stuff like that, and uh, and I told myself at one point I probably would move back to Texas, but Texas is a little too. Well, Texas is starting. 
people don't realize it yet, but Texas is starting to turn purple. Oh yeah, better and and that you can attribute that to to better over hundred percent. Yeah, and that and that's the one of the big things that bugged me was uh, a lot of the candidates talking over each other. It's it wasn't the who yeah. has the best policy or the best points. It's night who can talk two. the lo- uh, talk the loudest. Yeah, night two was definitely different from night one because I know this, but I think it's. Be- I think it's because like the ten people who were there on night two watched how night one went, and they're like, uh, "This wasn't the debate. This is more of a of a quorum." Mm-hmm. And um, so night two, they were like, "We're gonna make this a debate. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna answer back to some things that we that we feel are not are not acceptable or not right and things like that." And so, so yeah, it was more it was more pa- passionate. But I do agree. Like folks were talking over each other, and sometimes a lot got lost, and you know, got fell through the cracks and things like that. Yeah, and I, I think that's the Beto has a really really good uh, immigration policy, and when Castro started going in on him, and he didn't even get to tell his policy, he he basically someone who has been to countless detention centers, protested, done all sorts of stuff for those kids. Um, Castro, uh, Julian Castro, is who I'm talking about, um, yeah, yeah. former HUD secretary, mm-hmm. he said that he hadn't done his homework. Castro had been to um, one of those detention centers with Beto O'Rourke. And that just blew my mind. And I and here's my issue with uh, what Castro was saying. What he said comes off as we want open borders. If you give anything out that looks like open borders, it's red meat. Mm-hmm. It is chumming the waters for the GOP. And That's you're gonna the, the most important thing here is the uh, is is these swing votes. I'm voting Democrat. You're voting Democrat. Um, for I mean I assume you are I, I, I throw you out there like they, we we do talk quite a bit yeah um, I mean I'm, I'm oh, go- oh, make 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 no bones about it uh, oh as a matter of fact I'll just go ahead and say my political affiliation now uh, typically I am I'm a I'm a Democrat as far as like my voting history and things like that mm-hmm. every once in a while but well every once in a while I may shift in the other direction but it's usually because like what I look at is I look at your qualifications but I also look at who's making the most sense when they talk mm-hmm. and somebody who's going to turn around and tell and tell me that they're going to run they're going to run inside people's homes and rip undocumented and take them away from their families and throw and throw them out the door you know that's not common sense you know no, that's you know especially horrible. especially when you want to turn around and and you know what I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and just say it right now. Pete Buttigieg, he 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 gave he gave the the conservative base something to think about, because because you can't be Christians, but but condone unchristian like behavior from the government and expect the government to do it. Yep, you can't. Nope, I I agree with you that. Can't. I you, I was on the uh, on the when Buttigieg first came out, I was I was a fan, but I I've kind of fallen off that because I think he needs to fix South Bend first. I think so too, and and you know I do admit I I, I like I'm not sure if he just gave us a good soundbite when he did say he he when he admitted that he didn't get the job done. I'm not sure if he was just doing that for a soundbite or if he really understood like the 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 gravity of the situation and things like that. But um, but one Buttigieg, I. I'm, you know, it's it's bad because I'm I'm actually I'm actually a bisexual man. So technically, you know, you should always stand behind your people, and by people I mean LGBT people for in my case and stuff like that. Oh, but, don't get me wrong. The fact that that man was standing on that stage fifty years at, after Stonewall, yes, as an absolute, it's historic. Is, it's historic. It's historic. Do not take that away from that. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, 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 I'm not. But but what I will say, no, I don't. I didn't say you were. I'm just saying, like in general, don't okay. take that away from him. Yeah, but what I will say is, when it comes to politics, it's a completely different game. You gotta, you gotta look at, you gotta look at not only okay, if we're gonna look at it for what it is right now, everybody's trying to beat Donald Trump. But, but yeah, you can't we, run on beating Donald Trump. That's exactly, not gonna, that's not gonna do it. You exactly. gotta run on policy, and that is what Beto does, and that's what Beto does best. Okay, yeah, true, true. Okay, uh, what I will say though is like you can't just run on beating Donald Trump, but you also gotta, you if you run on just beating Donald Trump, then people are still going to ask, why the hell is he here? And they're going to be like, we might as well just keep the other guy. It's always the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And that's the way it is. That's the way it's been in politics since I've been alive, as far as I know. Because I'll I'll even admit, I'll even admit, like, you know, I've made some votes, you know, on some people that we wound up hating because I just didn't know enough about the other guy that was challenging them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I th- and I think we need to. That was part of the voting rights uh, discussion we had yesterday. Is making sure we have enough education out there 
about them. But um, we're going to go ahead and wind this down. We've, we, I mean, this conversation has been great. I really thank you for coming on. I, you, we got to be really personal about it and talk about our friendship. You know, like me and Laurent go back, you know, almost 11 years. And, you know, there's a lot of stigma and stuff uh, about, uh, you know, how, how gay men act and all this, that, and the other. Laurent has picked me up from a bar after I've drank too much and took care of me. And we ended up sleeping in the same bed. I never, not one time, ever feared. I knew he'd take care of me. So, to anybody who has that, thinks that 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 is a thing that could uh, could happen, I'm I'm living proof that you're wrong. So, um, yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for, yeah. for being who you are and all of that stuff. You're great. Uh, like I said, I, I'm really glad we got to be personal about this. Um, but uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, I'll check out my SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good. Check out, check out the. Uh, uh, wait, so what specifically? Because um, I see right now, like we've got one handle on here on the um, on the cast, but specifically, plug your SoundCloud right now. Oh, I don't have a, a SoundCloud. But oh, I, you can. Oh, I don't have a SoundCloud. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just messing with you, man. It's funny. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just dropped that hot hot mixtape yep, out there. Yep. Okay, but you can find it out in the streets, guys. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks again for coming on, Laurent. Guys, um, thanks for listening. Uh, this is such a, a, a big topic. It's very pertinent right now. The other things I want to tell you right now are to get out, volunteer. Beto needs all of us. We're still trying to get donations, even though the um, that that these deadlines are passing. Beto still needs our money. Um, he still needs those donations. His campaign workers need that need that money. But for right now, um, this is uh, Chris. Uh, let's keep on looking to look. Uh, <laughs> I messed up the name of my own show, by the way. I, I want you. <laughs> we can all laugh at that. Uh, I'm leaving that in there too. So anyway, so for so for today, uh, this is Chris. Let's uh, keep on looking ahead to Beto days. <laughs>